the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air, presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation with nationally known gerontologist Carol Zernio and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron. This program provides health, wellness, and other information for caregivers who are vital to the health and well-being of so many people across our country. Now, here are your hosts, Ron Aaron and Carol Zernio. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on Caregiver SOS on air. I'm your co-host, Ron Aaron, along with Carol Zerniel, who joins us every week as part of this program. We're delighted to have her on board. Many of you know Carol is a nationally known gerontologist. And Carol, as always, it's delight to be uh, on this program with you. Well, it's it's wonderful. It's another week. Um, I'm so excited uh, to have our guest today. This is like first sighting of Loretta Vini. Um, who is also going to be joining our Caregiver Summit on November the 4th. And for those who want to be involved in the Caregiver Summit, it's this year again a virtual Caregiver Summit, Caregiving Through Hope, Humor, and Peace, brought to you by the WellMed Charitable Foundation and the Area Agency on on Aging. And indeed, Loretta uh, is one of our keynote speakers. And we're going to talk a little bit about her book, Refreshment for the Caregiver's Spirit. And Loretta Vini, it is a pleasure to have you on board. She's delivered more than 300 speeches and presentations on dementia and caregiving going back to 2014. She has a wealth of information, encouragement, and humor for her audiences. And uh, this is always the tough one. So, okay, Loretta, be funny. No, we're delighted to have you with us. Thank you so much for joining us. I probably can be funny because actually the title of the book is is pretty funny. So, yes, thank you all so much for having me. This is a joy to be here. But um, the refreshment for <laughs> the Caregiver Spirit book is actually a book of photos that were taken by my husband and I on our little trips around the world, literally. And we took some of the best pictures and uh, what I thought were some of the most inspiring pictures. And then I added some quotes I made up uh, to go with each picture to inspire people on their, you know, lowest of caregiver days. But the title (laughs) refreshment for the caregiver spirit actually came from my mom because no matter where we went, she would always get there and say, where are the refreshments? (laughs) And so I was like, I can't take you anywhere. And so uh, even the title is funny and, but she loved it. And then the cover of the book, is from it's this wonderful uh, water scene, you know, and then on one side are these amazing, um, you know, cliffs, if you will, in Naples, Italy. And uh, I had talked my husband <laughs> into going down, you know, to see the best view, but then realized that, of course, he had to walk 300 steps back up. So he was not happy with me. So I had to agree to make that, <laughs> that photo the cover of the book. And so Yes, quite the thing. <laughs> Talk to us a bit about uh, your experience becoming involved in caregiving. Your mother in uh, 2006 was diagnosed with dementia, and right. you began to learn a whole lot about that disease and about 
working with a patient with dementia. I did. So yeah, 2006 was just a really tough year for us. So my mother was diagnosed with dementia and then my sister was diagnosed with MS, you know, a couple of months later, it was quite the, the, um, the journey. And I didn't even know what the term uh, stepwise decline was until my mother experienced it. And what it typically means in dementia is um, some traumatic event occurs and then you sort of take this downward slide and some people recover from it and some people didn't. And basically the, the traumatic uh, incident for us was my mother's baby sister who was 19 years younger than my mother was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. And they said she'd live six months and she did and she died. And my mother took one of those really steep declines at the, at my aunt's wake. And so people were just, you know, devastated because not only did they lose my aunt that at the you know funeral, my mother didn't even recognize all the people she had grown up with. So they felt like they lost them both almost at the same time. So she was never quite the same after that. So 2006 was most eventful. And I really felt uh, forced into rapidly learning as much as I could. She was the first person in our family to be diagnosed with dementia. And it was terrifying because my mother was only 77 years old. And I had a great grandmother that lived alone till she was 100. And so (laughs) I'm thinking, wow, if my mother gets anywhere close to 100 years old, she's going to outlive my money. And that's why I started writing the books, just to be perfectly honest, to help pay for my mother's care. It's as simple as that. Well, you know, you were just describing that, and it sounds like it was a terrifying, very traumatic situation. And yet, you know, fast forward to now, and you're doing something that, you know, one of the reasons we invited you to our Caregiver Summit is that joyful approach that you have. How did you build that bridge from... I don't know what's going on. This is really scary and traumatic to being able to bring a joyful spirit to this caregiving situation. Yeah, that's such a great question. So I was sort of, in all honesty, born this way. My my mother probably should have named me Joy. It's just kind of been my mindset uh, throughout. And I was very sick myself in my, you know, late 20s, all the way through my, you know, 30s. And I felt that I had had that experience of my own illness, long-term illness, and, you know, having won that battle and that it prepared me for, you know, the, what I didn't know at the time was going to be a very long-term with my mom. So in addition to going to, you know, every Alzheimer's Association, you know, conference I could find, I'm sure they were thinking, here comes that woman again. Because <laughs> I was at everything, I have to say. And I took copious notes and took, took pictures of the people's slides that, you know, they approved and everything. And just trying to soak it all in and just not knowing what to do. And, and I think, you know, right away there were funny moments. And, and so, you know, one of them was I learned at one of these uh, seminars that you don't argue with somebody with dementia. And my mother became argumentative right away. This was not her thing. And so there was a mini argument about uh, this cake my daughter had made and my mother ate the cake. And then, of course, right away, she says, I'd like a piece of cake. And so we say, you just had cake. And she starts, you know, rotating her little head. I wouldn't know if I had cake. You're like, oh, geez, you know. So what we learned from that was, you know, you're never going to win an argument like that. So you could either give her another piece of cake, which is probably a bad idea, given all the sugar, or you could just find a strategy to sort of prove your point. And so I started taking pictures of every single thing we did with her. And so that when she would say, I didn't have cake, we would just show her the picture. And so 
<laughs> she would look at the picture and just kind of go, well, did I like the cake? Yes, <laughs> you loved it. And, and so it was just cool. And then she caught on eventually too, because we had, we had done it so often and she would be asking for something that, you know, she just had or complaining or doing something. And, and so I would come start to go forward to her with the camera. She said, you have a picture, don't you? <laughs> I guess, girl, we got a picture for you. And so, yeah, it just kind of carried on. And my whole life, I could make my mother laugh, you know, all the time. I, I not only went to high school in, in the District of Columbia, but I also went to college and grad school because I, you know, my mom and I were so close. We just laughed our way through, you know, grad school and everything. So I, I think that when the dementia diagnosis came into our lives, I just, I could only make her one promise because everybody's case is different. You have no idea how it's going to be. So you don't want to promise too much. So the only thing I promised her that day as we sat across from the neurologist was, I have no idea what this journey is going to be like. What I can guarantee you is that we're going to do it together, whatever it is. Now hold that thought. That's a great way to remind folks, if you've just joined us, you're listening to Caregiver SOS on air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel. And we were talking with a delightful guest, Loretta Woodward Vini. She is an inspirational speaker, has talked to over 300 groups, and she is one of our keynote speakers for the 2021 Virtual Caregiver Summit, Caregiving Through Hope, Humor, and Peace, sponsored by the WellMed Chevrolet Foundation and the Area Agencies on Aging. If that all takes place November 4th, 2021. And uh, if you want to be part of the action, just go to Caregiver SOS. Org and you can register. It's free, and we'd love to have you join us. And just getting the sampling from Loretta, I can't wait uh, to hear your talk as well, Loretta. Uh, as you made that commitment to your mom, uh, which is we'll be on this journey together, what were you thinking? I was thinking I better work quickly because um, I guess coupled with that uh, sort of stepwise decline that I mentioned that my mom had when my aunt died, also in 2006, I, you know, was wondering, wow, is this going to be a really quick thing? You know, I had friends whose, you know, parents only lived a few years. And, and so I didn't know what to expect, but I at least wanted to get prepared, however it is you do that. And so one of the things I do speak a lot about is preparation, you know, always be like try to be one step ahead. And so my mother at the time was living in a non-assisted living facility, which is a retirement community. We're Episcopalian. So it was right across from this huge Episcopal church. It was an Episcopal retirement center. And so she made a lot of friends, took a lot of, you know, Tai Chi and all these exercise classes, but it didn't take, I'd say more than a year or so before she started to you know, forget how to write a check and that kind of thing. So thankfully, both my sister and I were both on her uh, account early on. So we didn't have to struggle to get that or anything like that. But I just kept trying to put things in place to be ready for whatever was going to happen next. And I think, you know, we all we all wait too long to do things. You see the little signs, you're like, eh, wait a little longer. But uh, yeah, well, I think we waited a little too long. I had gotten a call from the um, one of my mom's neighbors, not from the management uh, organization of the building, to say that um, my mother had started sitting outside the dining room when dinner was over, which a lot of people did, but my mother had never done that. And all of a sudden she's sitting out there. Well, she's not sitting out there because she decided she wanted to be social. No, no, she was sitting out there because she couldn't remember where her apartment was. And so that is when I started to hurry. Uh, I should have hurried way before that. So my that chapter in the book, Being My Mom's Mom is called, it was the little things at first. So I encourage people don't ignore the little things because there were a whole lot of little things. And then you have one big thing when, of course, she couldn't find her, you know, room. And so, yeah, it's um, 
devastating, but I think the more prepared you are, the mm, easy might not be a good word, but the easier it can be. And then, of course, if you laugh along the way, you know, that's pretty cool, too. What were some of the other warning signs that uh, you let slip by that you know better now? Yes. So one of them was quite interesting. So she uh, called me to say that she wanted to go to the management office of the building to complain because someone had stolen her laundry. She had gone down to the laundry room to get her laundry and it was gone. And she wanted to go and make a complaint. And she wanted me to come over right away. So I go and, you know, uh, uh, my 40 year career, I just retired from, I was was a security person. So, you know, I had done a lot of investigations in my, in my career. So you don't just accuse people of something, you have to investigate. And so we went over and not only did my mother say someone took it, they, she said it was because she was African-American. And I was like, she had never had one problem in this building, much less a racial problem of any kind. So, hmm. so I'm listening to her story. She put the wash in, she went down and you know, she did some punching around the apartment and she went back down and all her stuff was gone. Hmm. Okay. So I said, well, let's investigate. And she immediately got mad. You don't believe me. I said, well, I think we're going to, let's just investigate a little before we, you know, do anything. So I went downstairs and I asked, had anybody, you know, found any laundry? And the lady said, no, but she put a sign up. I said, okay. So I came back up and told my mother, we were going to wait a day or so before we go to management. Uh, that they put signs up about missing laundry and all. Okay. So I go back a couple of days later to follow up on my investigation. And I go into my mother had this huge walk-in closet. And so I'm, you know, looking through some of the, the uh, drawers and I see one of the items that she had said was missing. Hmm. So she said, how did you get that in there? <laughs> okay, it was here. And I said, well, wow, since this one is here, let's look to see if the rest of the laundry are in here. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you know, all the pieces of the laundry were in there. So she simply had gone down, gotten it, folded it all up, put it away and forgot. And then went down to find it again. And of course, it was gone because she had taken it and folded it. And so as I'm showing her all the things that she said was missing, that she wanted me to go down and accuse people of taking, then she says, good thing you didn't go down there and, and accuse nobody. <laughs> like, girl, you would have wanted to accuse people. See, that's exactly why you don't, that's exactly why you don't do that. And, you know, we laughed and laughed, you know, about that, but she clearly got the significance of how that could have played out if I had gone down there and make a big fuss. And, you know, I'm kind of a, just because of, I guess, my career, you know, kind of thing, you don't let anything get you really riled up until you investigate and see what the thing is. So I have used that, I, I think, my entire, you know, time through this now 15 years. And so, you know, we've had a lot of joy and we've, you know, had a lot of, um, you know, sorrow too. And she can even, you know, she can fake her way through some pretty good stuff too. So. Now we're going to investigate more about you and your mom and the stories that you developed. You're listening to Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with Carol Zerniel. And our very special guest is Loretta Woodward Vini. We're talking about her book and her experience with her mom uh, after she develops dementia. We thank you for joining us here on Caregiver SOS On Air. Here's an offer caregivers can't refuse. How about a little hope, humor, and peace in caregiving? I'm Ron Aaron. Carol Zerniel, what do you think? Well, our 2021 Virtual Caregiver Summit will feature Loretta Woodward Vini and Donna Cardillo, who are going to help us find the joy in caregiving. November 4th, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. It's free. You can be part of the action for the Caregiver Summit with Ron Aaron and Carol Zerniel. Join us 
To register, go to caregiversos.org. CEUs for healthcare folks. Hello. Thank you so much for being with us right here on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel, and our special guest today, Loretta Woodward-Beeney. She is one of the keynote speakers for the Caregiver SOS On Air Summit, the Caregiver Summit Through Hope, Humor, and Peace. And it's all available November 4th, 2021, virtual on your computer. And we'll give you information on how to sign up and join us toward the end of the program. Uh, and uh, we're talking with Loretta Vini who's going to be one of our keynote speakers, as I said. And Carol, you had a comment. Well, you know, what I we were talking about Loretta's background as an investigator and how, you know, what I liked about that is, is you naturally um, did not make assumptions, right? You didn't naturally. So many of us would have just accused our mother of, <laughs> well, you, you took the laundry, you know, you put it away, as opposed to going mm-hmm. through a process yeah. that left a door open, not only to find out what happened, but it also left a door open for your mother to feel okay Yes. about what happened, yes. right? You didn't hit her in the face with an yeah. accusation or a, wow, look what you did kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, I, I, and I have never done, I've been very fortunate when I talk a lot about patience and building patience along the journey. And part of building that, you know, is laughing at some of the things that occur. Um, but I think that patience really does keep you from going off the handle because it's not that even though she accused me of not believing her, it wasn't that at all. I, you know, I just wanted to hear the story, then go, you know, take a step by step and see, you know, what happened along that path other than being accusatory. Because, you know, the thing is, you still had to live there. So you had to tread lightly on, you know, this whole you know thing. And so, you know, that was that was cool. And, you know, she had a, um, a great, you know, 10 years there. And then after that, I moved her to a group home, which is um, a great thing. Uh, because it, they're all like single family homes. And it's the one I selected for her, my husband, and I selected for her uh, was a floor plan, almost exactly like my house. And so I thought she would feel comfortable there. And it, the coolest thing was, you know, they all eat all their meals together and, you know, they would all say the same thing over and over and nobody recognized each other, but they had a great time. And that's all I really cared about. I wanted her to, she didn't like a lot of people, which is why it was so unusual when she started sitting at the um, <laughs> outside the dining hall at her old building so I wanted something small for her where she could feel comfortable. And I had bought her a lot of Tai Chi tapes so they could play, you know, on the TV. And so she still had that same uh, interaction, not the classes per se, but she, she did a lot of things. And I took her to an adult day place for a little while. And uh, so, yeah, we, we just made do with uh, things as they came about. Now, I noted well, that I, uh, I, you and your mom were selected one of the Robin Roberts Thriver Thursday profiles uh, for 2021. What was yes. that all about? Wow. So I do a lot of work with uh, Us Against Alzheimer's and the advocacy group and their summits coming up this week. And tomorrow starts tomorrow, actually. And I've been a moderator, co-moderator of their Facebook support uh, community. And they were the group that um, 
submitted my name for consideration for the Thriver Thursday. And so if you've not seen it, it's basically Robin Roberts, who's overcome you know, major illnesses twice in her life. And rather than focus on the illness, she decided to thrive, you know, thrive and focus on other people who have thrived and survived a variety of different things. So one of the topics they wanted to cover this year, she does six um, sessions per season. And so this is season four. And so one of the six topics for this year was dementia. And so I guess they called all the places that have, you know, Alzheimer's related, you know, folks. And um, my name came up and it kept getting narrowed, narrowed down. I found out I was the one selected. So uh, it was quite the thing. So they spent uh, more than 10 hours between my house and my mom's group home of filming out in my yard and, you know, the house I was actually born in, in Washington, D.C., and uh, so we went a lot of different places. And then the second day we did um, the church where I belong, which started a support group for me after my husband died very suddenly in 2016. And uh, he had done so much for my mom. I had no idea what I was going to do without him. Oh, my gosh. And my church stepped right in. And each one of the wonderful people in my group, there were nine of them. They each took a task that Tim used to do for my mom. And I was all set. So, wow, what a group. And, and so they even did filming down there and talked to the two women who started the support group for me. Yeah. So I've had, I've been very fortunate. We have a very small family. My sister died in 2011. So it really is just me and mom. And in a bizarre twist, not funny at all kind of thing, my sister and my husband died on the same day, five years apart. Wow. July 17. And, and then one of the beauties, there, there are some beautiful things about dementia. And one of them is that you can choose whether to share bad news with them. So I never told my mother my sister died and she never once asked about her. She hadn't seen her for about three years or so uh, before my sister died. I was taking care of them both for a while, but then I took my sister to LA to live with my niece. And, but I was there when my sister died. And um, yeah, I just, my mother at that time still knew me but had forgotten she had had another child. So we just never discussed it. And even though there are pictures of my sister in my mom's room, she never, ever asked about it. And it's been seven years now since she's known me. So my name is very nice person. Yes. I was, my mother-in-law had Alzheimer's and I was that cute young thing. You're that ah! cute young thing. Um, that was that early on so in our marriage. Cool. I was cuter and younger then. So I was the cute, and she never knew my name. Not for the whole time I knew her. Um, oh, but I, I you know. Cool. I, I really think that you've given some good advice to caregivers that might be listening. So many people feel compelled, right? Transparency and truth. And those are things, those are ideals we hold in general right now. Yes. And they feel like they need to do that, even with a person with Alzheimer's, without realizing that maybe you did share with your mother that she had a child that died, which would be devastating. But it would be devastating to her every time. And really, that's, that is correct. That are inflicting suffering. It's not helpful. I wasn't going to risk that. And, you know, people would at, raise their hand and ask me, you know, in my right in the middle of the presentation. Well, what are you going to do if she ever asked for her? I was like, I'm going to cross that bridge when I get to it. And it never it never came. And so, and you know, I, I was also prepared to tell the little white lie, which is also okay. I would have said, you know, she's at work or, you know, something or whatever. But um, for me, it was not worth the risk of her crying every time she remembered it. It just wasn't worth it for me. So Loretta, we got a couple minutes left. What makes you so resilient? What is it about Loretta Vini uh, that just gives you that incredible backbone? 
That is such a good Christmas. So I'll go back to, I, I really do think I was, you know, born this way. I was born prematurely and my mother had had a banana split and she thought she had indigestion. And by the time she realized it was not indigestion, I was out. And so it was just, you know, just <laughs> us and, and my dad was there. And so I think, you know, my mindset always is to kind of look for the silver lining. And that really did help me because, you know, my father helped deliver me, but then he left right after that. And I spent my whole, one of the reasons I got into the field I got into was I looked for my father for most of my life. And then when I found him, I found out the rest of the story, which was, it was my mother that prevented us from having a relationship. Oh boy. And by then though, she could not have a conversation about why she chose to do that. Wow. And so when I speak at churches, people say, oh, oh my God, I bet you hate your mother. And no, I, even though I wish she had chose something else, she did what she believed was best for us at the time. And so I go with that, but I was devastated at the time. I cried for about a day and then I got over it because I'm all, as I said before, I'm all my mother has. And so I've always sort of been like that, you know, just go on to the next thing and, and, and keep going with that. And that has served us incredibly well of taking each, each situation, dealing with whatever it is, and then going to the next thing, because there is going to be a next thing. And I think, you know, you spend so much time, you know, crying or being, you know, upset or doing that, then you lose energy and you don't have enough for the next thing because the next thing might be worse. So I've always tried to, it sounds terrible, but pace myself. That's really the only way to. to Let me save a little time, save a little time so we can mention how folks can get a hold of your book and they can hear more from you as keynote at the November 4th Caregiver Summit. Just go to caregiversos.org if you want to sign up. How do we get your book, Loretta? So on my uh, website, which is easy, LorettaVini.com, there's always a place to contact me there. And, of course, it's on Amazon as well. And that would be Loretta Vini, V-E-N-E-Y. And we really, really appreciate you coming on. I can't wait to hear you on November 4th. Thanks, Loretta. Thank you all. On behalf of Carol Zerniel, I'm Ron Aaron. Thank you so much for joining us right here on Caregiver SOS On Air. You've been listening to Caregiver SOS On Air, an exclusive presentation of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. We welcome emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. Join co-hosts Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron next week for more on caregiving, improving the health and well-being of caregivers and their care recipients everywhere. For more on caregiving and podcasts of our programs, visit caregiversos.org. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com